0: Hello, my name is Jared Stevens. I'm one of the pastors here at Soul City Church. And uh, so cool to be with you all, especially those of you from Georgia. We're glad that you guys are here with us tonight for the rest of this week. Uh, pretty exciting stuff. As Katie said, it's going on around here at Soul City Church. And for the last couple of weeks here on Sunday nights when we've gathered here, and we won't be able to say just Sunday nights for long. About enough from now. It's Sunday morning and night. It's going to change our whole game up. I'm excited about it. So, uh, so for the last couple of Sunday nights, what we've been talking about is making change when it comes to our finances, is how do we really uh, open our hearts and open our wallets and checkbooks and finances to God to see what He would have for us, what He would want for us, to find a way that maybe is better than, and almost always is better than, our own ways. And so we've talked real openly and real honestly, and we've had a lot of homework over the last couple of weeks when it comes to really surrendering what for many of us is the last holdout for us with God. So there are people who have been Christians their whole life, but they have yet to surrender and really trust God with their finances. Because this is one we don't only keep close to our wallets, we keep close to our hearts when it comes to our resources. And so we've talked about what that looks like for God to truly make change in our lives. Right from the get-go, what we said is, we know that talking about money in church for some reason has become weird and people get a little weird when you talk about money in church, and for some of that, because there's been tremendous scandals by people who have misinterpreted or misused God's resources when it comes to doing God's work here on earth. And so we believe is that when the scriptures are taught, when God's word is taught, there should be nothing weird about it. In fact, one of the only places where it should actually make sense in your life is when you come to church and when you open God's Word and when you gather together with other people who know God and you talk about money, that actually should be one of the few places in your world where you can actually hear truth and make change when it comes to your resources. So we've said from the very beginning that God is not, despite maybe what you thought, out to get something from you, but rather God actually has something for you when it That was... Thank you for Dave for being there. (laughs) So, Dave just gave that away. So, what we said from the very beginning is that, thank you, Dave, he got it, is that God's not trying to get something from you, but He actually has something for you when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your resources. It's freedom, it's a new purpose, it's a new perspective. We've looked at the fact that there's over 800 verses in the Bible that deal with work and money, and it's easy at first pass to think God must be obsessed with money, but the truth of the matter is he's not obsessed with money. He's obsessed with you, and he wants you to leverage the resources that he has given you to make a difference in this world and to bless him and bless others. So we've had to go to God's word to sort of get some things right that we either got wrong in our life or that no one ever taught us or told us growing up. We looked at how our financial realities, many times, if not every time, are more spiritual than we realize. But there's a lot more going on than just dollars and cents. That many times, many times, the way we spend our money, what we desire, the amount of money we think we need, reveals what's really going on in our heart. Our financial realities are more spiritual than we realize. And so we spent the last couple weeks doing that kind of hard work, and many of you, many of you have made significant changes when it comes to how you approach the money that God has entrusted to you. And tonight, we're going to look at what it means to be generous. What does it mean to truly live a life that is generous, that gives back to God, that gives thanks to God? Because we believe that God has given us the resources that we have. God has entrusted those resources to us so that we can be a blessing to Him and to others. So what does it look like for us to be wildly generous individuals? What would it look like for our church to be a radically generous church here in the city? To literally change the perception that people have about money and church and how weird that is, to write a new story, the story that God has actually intended for us to live, which is a church that is generous, grateful, Trusting of God with our resources. Can you imagine what it would look like if we actually believe that our resources came from God and that we want to give thanks to Him for them and give those to others as they have need? Can you imagine what that would look like individually? Can you imagine what that would look like as a church if we were like, no, I am freed up from this money. I know where it comes from and I know what I can do with it and what God's entrusted me to do with it. I am going to give it generously and freely. That's what we're going to talk about tonight, and to help us prepare for that, some of our team created a public service announcement for you tonight, because we want you to get the picture, the image of what it might look like for a church to be free with our resources. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to enjoy this Soul City Church Public Service Announcement. So if you're a guest here, uh, don't worry about it. This is not for you. Just let the bucket pass. But if this place is your church home and you call God your Father, we would ask you to give and to give generously. Imagine if it didn't feel weird in church before. I love it. Can you imagine if that's how it really was every week and you brought a friend for the first time, like, I need to warn you about something. (laughs) The forecast calls for rain. (laughs) Your friend's definitely going to come back the next week, I promise you, and they're bringing their own bucket next week. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. All right, so that's obviously a little over the top, a little crazy, but what we want to look at tonight is what would happen if our hearts and our finances were truly free. And we trusted God with them, and we were grateful to God for them. What would that look like for us? And so we're going to turn to God's word tonight. We're going to explore even our own uh, hearts and what God has already hardwired in us to be free, to be generous, to give back to God. I want you to think about the last time you actually did that. Because I know that for everyone in this room, everyone in this church, there have been times where you have given of yourself sacrificially. Many of you have done it with the gift card giver thing we've done. Many of you have given uh, significant gifts to this church. Uh, sometimes it may be as simple as someone you saw in need on the street and you gave them. What did that feel like in your heart? I want you to think about what that felt like in your heart. What was it that stirred inside of you? My hunch is that for every one of us, when you give to someone else who has need, you see a need and you're able to financially or however it is, meet that need, something changes in you, doesn't it? Something softens in you, doesn't it? Your fists just loosen up. Your clenched fists loosen up a little bit more, don't they? And there's a moment that you have there where you go, oh, yeah, yeah, that felt right, right? That felt right. And then everything else happens and life comes and life goes on and bills come and debt grows, and you forget that feeling. And Every now and then we get glimpses of that. That feeling that you feel when you give to someone else who has need out of what you have, that feeling is actually more than a feeling. It's actually a way that God has wired you to live. And it's actually intended to be something more than a moment on a Sunday when a bucket is passed. It's actually intended to be more than when you give someone a dollar on the street. It is meant to be a way of life for anyone who's in relationship with God. Now, let me just say this. If you're here tonight and you would not call yourself a Christian, you're not a church going person, um, that's not your thing, you have the best seat in the house tonight. Because this really is not expected of you. This isn't really for you. But this is something you can actually put into practice and see. Change in your life. But for those of us who call ourselves Christians, for those of us who say that we follow God, we've devoted our life to God, there is a way that God has wired you to live generously, to live in a spirit, in an attitude, in a posture of gratitude, giving back, giving thanks to God. And tonight we're gonna take a huge step forward as a church. We're gonna take a big step forward as individuals. And we're going to have an opportunity for God to grow us. For some of us, maybe the most we've ever grown in our life. And we're going to do that through looking at what it means to give back to God. Now again, for those of you who are thinking there might be weirdness in the room, talking about church, talking about God, talking about money, this is first and foremost between you and God. So just rule the church or any of your sort of expectations or thoughts or that kind of stuff out of this. This is between you and God. God. And what does it look like for you to give back, to give thanks to God? Now there's a word that maybe if you grew up around church, you've heard this word. And the word is tithes. Just raise your hand if you've heard the word tithe before. Tithe. It's not like, yeah, it's tithe. Okay, so this is an old ancient Hebrew word, uh, but it's made its way sort of into church language. Lots of times people say, right now we're going to receive our Tithes and offerings, right? And so everyone just assumes they know what that means, but no one really knows what that word means. It's just one of those churchy words that you just go, oh, tithes. I guarantee you, you have not used that word in a sentence in the last three weeks. (laughs) It's like, how much should we tip? Tip a tithe plus 10. No one's going to do that, right? This is an old ancient word. And literally, what the word literally translates to in Hebrew and Greek is 10%. So there is a concept that begins, we're going to start all the way back at where this idea of tithing or giving thanks to God, giving back to God begins. And it begins in the Old Testament. It begins with the people of Israel. And God had set aside this special people to be an example to the world of God's way, God's life, God's love at work in the world. And so it starts with this group of individuals. And it's, if you follow the Old Testament, it is the story of this people and their relationship With God, But it has huge implications, and it serves in many ways as a direct metaphor for our lives. It has direct application in many ways for our relationship with God. And so God says to these people, the Israelites, early on, Hey, look, this is something that's going to set you apart. I am going to bless you. Now, I bless everyone because I am God, but I am going to especially bless you. And so as part of our covenant, our relationship together, as I bless you... I want you to be a blessing to me and to others. And so God said, look, what you're to do is when you receive, you give back a tithe. Now, if a tithe means 10%, let's do the math here. Hopefully it holds. When you receive $10, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, you give one back to me, and God's pretty open with the rest. You go and take care of your life, take care of your family, take care of the poor, take care of your community. But all God says in the Old Testament, the place where this word tithe starts is, you bring back the first 10% of your crops, of what you bring in, of whatever you made in your business, whatever it is, you bring that to me, and this is what that is going to do. That is actually going to meet the needs of the poor among you. That is actually going to meet the needs of those who are religious leaders in the community among you. You bring me a tithe, 10%. The rest, the other 90, is yours. All of it comes from me. That's where it started. The reason God did this is not because God's an accountant or God's into money or God's trying to sort of make sure that he has enough in the bank. You know, it's not a Ponzi scheme from God. Like the idea is this. The idea is for God to say, look, I am going to bless you. Count on it. But you are going to forget. Count on it. I am going to bless you. I'm God. I can't not bless you. But you are going to forget. And if you read the Old Testament, that story reads of a people who've been greatly blessed and who greatly forget over and over and over again. And if we were to play back the story of your life and mine, and if they were to make a Bible of our life, it would read the exact same way. We have been greatly blessed by God, and we so often, I so often, forget. And so originally, the reason that God put this into the way that these people would be set apart is so that they would start at the very beginning and say, God, I acknowledge that every good and perfect gift comes from you, that all of it comes from you, and so I'm going to set aside a tithe, 10% to you. Now that's what it was in that covenant for those people. God established it again For them to remember. And what God intended as a very spiritual process has become a major point of contention for most Christians. What God intended and set aside as a spiritual process, because remember, our financial realities are way more spiritual than we realize. God says, I want you to remember that I am going to bless you and that you have a responsibility and a role to play in that blessing of others. So He sets aside the tithe. What started as a spiritual process for our own growth has become a major point of contention for most Christians. In fact, the Barna Institute did a study a few years back, and they found that among church-going people, roughly around 7% actually tithe. So these are people who actually have the Bible and hopefully they're in a church where they're hearing the Bible taught and among all of those people who actually should get it. Because again, if that's not you, you have the best seat in the house tonight. You get to sit back, kick back, relax, hope that we make it rain later. Like that's great. But if you are in this relationship with God, this agreement, this covenant, this relationship with God, 7% nationally say, you know what? That matters. I want to give thanks and give back to God because I am prone to forget where the blessings in my life come from so you see all kinds of folks who make all kinds of reasons for why it's really, 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 really hard to give back to God. Forget 10%. Anything back to God. Now, I'd include, there have been seasons in my own story where I find myself in these private arguing matches with God And I find myself coming up with all kinds of questions to try and justify and figure out, like, how I'm supposed to do this and what I'm really supposed to do here. And it ends up, instead of being a spiritual process for my growth, it ends up becoming a rule that I am looking to bend, if not break, which is never what God intended. And so I find myself saying things to God, like, okay, God, 10%, that's going to be hard. Is that gross or net? (laughs) Like... Just so I know, God, what we're talking about here. I mean, this is like where people go, right? Not you, of course, but other people. All right, God, so 10%. So like whatever I make off my bracket this month, like do I have to tithe on those winnings? Like, right? What do I do with that? You know, or or I'll find myself, and maybe you found yourself at times talking to God like he's a fifth grader. Like, because you're looking at all your finances and all the sheets and bills are spread out on the table, and you have in this thing in your heart, if you're in a relationship with God, you know that your resources don't come from your boss, they don't come from your employer, they don't come from your company. You actually know that they come from God, but there's an internal struggle because this kind of stuff is hard. And so we talk to God like he's a fifth grader, like, God, I want to do this, but I don't know if you know. I've got a lot of bills. (laughs) Like, God, let me try and explain to you how this works. If I don't pay rent, they kick me out. Like, God, I know, I know, I know, I know you've seen my car, but do you know how much it costs? And so we talk to God, and we sort of make this deal with God, and we go, I want to do that, God. I, re- I know, God, buddy, I want to do that for you. I really do. But not this month, pal. I just don't see how I can do it. And this is true for me, and this has been true for me in seasons past, and I know my hunch is it's true for many of us in this space tonight. As we find ourselves wrestling and struggling with something that God actually intended for our own growth. And we find ourselves even resisting at times. And we find ourselves forgetting that God isn't trying to get something from you. He has something for you. And it's blessing, it's goodness. But we wrestle, we struggle, we think, oh my gosh, it's hard. And yet, all throughout the scriptures, all throughout the Bible, God couldn't make it any clearer. I am God and I will bless you. Will you trust and thank me all throughout the scriptures you see that over and over and over again in fact we're going to look at one passage right now and i want you to open your bibles to it's in malachi chapter 3 and we get to see this promise of god laid out so beautifully malachi chapter 3 and uh, if you have a bible please open it up cuz i want you to underline this verse dog ear this verse do whatever you have to do highlight multiple colored pencils whatever you got do it because this is a promise you need to remember when all the bills are laid out on the table, when you find yourself debating and arguing and going back and forth with God, you need to remember this promise of God's. This is Malachi chapter 3. It's right before the New Testament, right before the book of Matthew. Just go back a couple pages and you'll find Malachi chapter 3 and look at what is going on with the people of God. Once again, they have forgotten. <laughs> And so God is employing, he's speaking to them, and he's using Malachi to do that. So this is what he says. Malachi says to the people in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. You can read along. We should have it up on the screens there for you. God says, look, bring the whole what? Tithe. tithe. So he's using that word again. Bring that whole tithe. This whole idea of that first of your, you know, that first 10%. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Now the storehouse in that point, in that culture, was a very agriculture, agrarian culture. And so for many people, it truly was grains and fruits, and there was some livestock involved. Very, very different. Please don't bring your livestock here to Soul City Church. Put them in the bucket. Like, this is a very different culture. But that's what, for many of them, was their resources. And so, look, bring that into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Now look at these words and underline them. Highlight them. Do whatever you have. Tear this page out and tape it to your forehead. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Malachi 3.10, bring it to God. Bring it to God. Bring it to God and test him in this. Put God is saying, seriously, test me in this. See if I don't bless you for trusting me and saying thank you to me. Is this because God is so self-absorbed that God needs the money because it's tight in heaven right now due to the recession? Is that what's going on? (laughs) Absolutely not, because guess what? Every single dollar on this earth is already the Lord's. It's not about him getting it. It's about you growing because of it. Bring it all to me and test me in this. See if I don't throw open the floodgates of heaven so that there's so much blessing you won't even know what to do with it. So many of us operate, when it comes to God, on an economy of scarcity. We're just not convinced there's enough grace or goodness or provision For us. And so we scrape and we scratch and we strive to grab every dollar that we can because we are not yet convinced that it already comes from the good and generous hand of God. God does not operate on an economy of scarcity. He operates on an economy of generosity and blessing. And he says to you and I, test me in this. Test me in this. See if you can outgive me, is what the Lord God Almighty is saying to you. You can't outgive God. You can't. And I don't know if you've tried, probably haven't, but if you were, you will not be able to outgive a good and great and generous God because he is going to lavish blessing on you that is a promise that you can actually take him up on. So what does that look like for us? What does that look like for you? All of us have that desire deep in our hearts. All of us want to be generous people. I know you do. I do. We want to do that. But when it comes down to the details, the the specifics, our bills, our debt, our loans, all that kind of stuff, God sort of gets slid to the side of the table and we forget That everything we have already comes from God. What does it look like? I'll tell you exactly what it looks like. And we want to help you incredibly practically tonight to actually begin to live like God intended you to live. This is what it looks like a life of giving back to God is really the intersection, if not the collision, of two things trusting God and gratitude for God. Let me just break that down for a second. A life of giving back to God, of of giving generously to God, whatever you want to call it, tithe, percentage, whatever you want to call it, is really, honestly, the intersection and collision of two things. Do I believe that this came from God? If so, I am grateful. If I really, truly believe that everything I have, while I may not have all that I want, I believe that God has already given me all that I need, if I believe that, then I want to say, I should want to say, I long to say, thank you, God. So it starts with a posture of gratitude, and then it goes the rest of the month in a position of trust, right? It starts with, God, I believe this is from you, and so I'm going to give back to you. I'm going to say thanks to you with this percentage of what, this small percentage of the great goodness you've already put on me, that's gratitude. Trust is, I don't know how it's all going to work out. I don't know how it's going to work out, God. Because according to my math and our economy, this doesn't add up. But I am going to choose to start in a posture of gratitude and to live throughout the rest of the week and the month in a position and a posture of trust, dependence. That God, I believe you can and you will as you promised in Malachi 3.10. You will open up the storehouses of heaven so much so that I won't be able to contain your blessing on my life. Do you see what we're talking about here? This is bigger than just church and money and throwing some dollars in the bucket. This is about you being grateful to God and trusting him in a very real, a real way, a way that's far more spiritual than it is financial. And so I can keep talking to you about what that looks like and giving you some more principles. We want to do that. We actually have uh, homework tonight, as we always do. That's very, 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 very helpful. But what I would rather you hear right now is from a family in our church that has committed themselves to this idea that every good and perfect gift comes from God, and they want to say thanks and trust God with everything they have. So I'm going to ask Dave and Jamie Van Dixhorn if they'd come up right now, and uh, can you welcome Dave and Jamie, even though you may not know them? Yeah, that's good. So Dave and Jamie have been a part of Soul City Church for a while now, and when we say a while, we're only four months old. Uh, they go way back. Uh, But uh, Dave uh, runs up all of our seven is greater than one initiative, so everything that we kind of do to uh, make our church be better seven days a week instead of just one, he does that. He and Jamie have a beautiful little boy named David who's uh, in Soul City Kids right now. Yeah, probably screaming. Uh, So I've asked these two, and they've been very open and honest with um, sharing this stuff with you guys tonight. Uh, I'm going to have them tell you exactly what they make. Uh, and exactly, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. That'd be awesome. They didn't know that. See, that's awesome. No, so uh, these, but these guys have modeled what it means to sort of do what we've been talking about, to give back to God, to say thanks, and to trust God with the resources. So for both of you guys, has that been something that you've always done? Is that been something that's kind of like you were brought up with, or where did that start?
1: That's a great question. Um, I grew up in a a Christian family. In fact, my dad's a pastor, so you'd think it'd be very natural and easy for me just to give generously. In fact, it's just the complete opposite. Uh, I'd like to blame it on that I'm Dutch, but that's, that,
2: that doesn't <laughs> really work with no. God. Um,
1: and so, you know, in the past I've been very stingy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried to justify, you know, I don't need to give all that 10%. I'll just give them a tip here and there in the bucket past, You know, I wouldn't let it rain. I just put right, sure, sure. a little bit in the sure. bucket when I felt God tugging on my heart to do that. So it was not natural growing up. Yeah. What about you, Jamie?
2: Um, For me, I also grew up in a Christian home um, with parents that very much valued tithing and giving on a regular basis. So um, even as young kids, when we would get an allowance um, or in our high school jobs, so for you high schoolers Mm, out mm, here, mm. um, we were always asked to give um, a minimum of 10% right off the top. Um, And so we tithed at a very young age, and that has um, followed me throughout college and into my adult years.
0: Yeah, so that's probably most of us, uh, that's not the story of a house we grew up in, is it? For most of us, our parents either didn't tell us or didn't model it. If they did tell us, they didn't model it. And so that's very unique. Both of you had that sort of model or you heard about it in the house, but to see how that has taken root in your life, is it, uh, and I think this is an obvious question, uh, has it been an easy thing or a hard thing for you guys? Well,
1: yeah, it's it's been more hard for me. You know, when we got married, you know, Jamie was just saying, this is a non-negotiable. You know, we need to be unified and this is what we're going to do. And so that's what we do. And uh, that, wasn't always, that wasn't always my heart. You know, I, I, I heard the phrase happy wife, happy life, so I said yes. You know, let's,
2: let's, 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 Very let's, biblical. Let's give generously, yeah. right? Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. But I think if I don't hold my mind captive and if I, you know, I can start thinking about that tithe and what else I can do with that money. Mm-hmm. I could maybe buy an iPad or I could mm-hmm. buy the latest new golf club or, um, you know, all these things, you know, that I could do with that money instead of give it to the church. Um, and that's just not what God commands us to do. And, and until I realize that, you know, I, I really have to just be generous and open. And, and it's a trust thing, like you said. Yeah.
0: What, uh, for you guys in your lives, your marriage, what is different for you guys because of this? Like, what, this is a commitment you guys have made. Clearly, Jamie makes it, makes it better than you do, Dave. Uh, what, what's different, though, because of it, right? Because it's easy to say, yeah, we kind of do this. But, I, I, I mean, we have to believe that it has changed something about the two of you, what would that be?
2: Well, I think it um, is a monthly reminder that, mm-hmm. like you said, that God is at the um, the center of our finances, and we're called to um, give with gratitude and then trust Him. Mm-hmm. And you know, living in the city with a family isn't cheap or easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but by going through that, um, just that monthly process and being diligent and obedient in that, I think it it forces us to you know hold our finances with open hands and really trust God and to trust together. Um, it's something we, we can't do on our own. So
0: That's cool. You, know, you have anything there, Dave? you good. Just whatever she says. Yeah, yeah, that's smart. That's good. Well, can we thank these guys for uh, just this small... <laughs> now, I know that sounds like, like, it seems like an infomercial, right? It's like, but you look at, I mean, Dave very, was very honest about this, like, look, I'm not the guy you should be talking about this, right? Because this has been a struggle, and yet the, the reality is it's a struggle for every one of us. Right. I mean, following God and trusting God is not something um, that just sort of happens accidentally. I mean, it takes daily decisions. It takes commitment. It takes discipline. And I know that, um, you know, as Dave and Jamie have so openly shared their story and have been committed to trusting God with their resources, to saying thanks to God with their resources, I know that for Jeannie and I this last year, this has been a literally a huge shift in our whole perspective of what it means to give back to God. And I, we have made that a value for our marriage all throughout our marriage. Uh, but this last year, um, and some of you can relate to this, uh, we made less than we've ever made in our married lives before. Uh, I don't know if you know, starting church, not a lucrative endeavor. And so uh, that's something we knew God had led us to do. And so over this last year, we, in fact, this is so great, we just finished our taxes. Junior was finishing up our taxes the other night uh, for 2010, and, when, and she's like, okay, you need to see this. Like, you need to come back and see this. And when we looked at how much we made this last year, I mean, it's almost comical. Like, our first instinct is to laugh, like, no, that's not right. Like, that's missing a zero, right? That, has to, that can't be right. And then what was really cool is she's like, now I want you to see uh, what we have been able to give back to God this last year. And to look at a year where we've never, in our married lives, never made less. And yet, have never, ever given to God more than we have this last year. And then to stop and go, okay, that's all, you know, like, aren't we awesome, right? No. Because then we look around our life and go, oh, my God, how you've blessed us, God. Like, we look at, like, the house that we're able to rent and live in, that we have cars, you know, that we have clothes, right? That we have enough food on the table that, kids are doing okay, my son has more Legos than he needs, you know, like, to look at our lives and to see how much God has opened the storehouse of heaven on our family. Again, I'm not telling you that because that's how awesome we are, or how awesome Dave and Jamie are, it's how awesome God is, and it's what he challenges you to do. Malachi 3.10, test Me on this. This is not about Soul City Church. This is about you and God and gratitude and trust. Test me on this and see if I don't open up the storehouses of heaven. You know, uh, working in and around the church um, as long as I have, uh, I've met a lot of different people. And I've met a lot of different people who have uh, really, really tough sort of financial realities that they're either coming from or getting themselves into. And I was just having a conversation recently with someone who was like, oh man, it's so tight for us right now and we all know that feeling, right? She was like, oh, it's so tight right now. Like, We have no savings. And these aren't like churchy folks, right? They're just being honest and real. Like, we have no savings. And so like when something goes wrong with our car, which it did last week, we had to put that on our credit card And so now we're going to be paying for those stupid breaks for the next two years. And they're just playing. I'm like, oh, man, I feel for you. Like, that's really hard. I've met a lot of people who have really tough financial realities. And you may have that right now in this room. Have really intense stories when it comes to your finances, right? That breaks my heart. I've met a lot of people who've made a lot of dumb decisions financially. You know, you kind of look and pull up in that car and you go, oh, my gosh, did you really need that like, oh my gosh, did you really need that? And you can't have to look back from a distance, and it's easy to judge them, but you don't want to look at your own life, right? And so like, I've met a ton of people like that, but do you know who I've never met? Like, all these years of being around church and doing church work, I have yet to meet a single person who regrets giving back to God. I've met hundreds of people who regret giving. Stupid financial decisions, right? I've met hundreds of people who look at the bills and the debt and they don't know how to get out. I've met hundreds of people that are lost in financial ruin or on their way to ruin. I have yet to meet a single person who regrets giving to God. And our hope and our desire for you is that you would actually experience that joy, that blessing that comes from saying thank you to God and trusting him now we've talked about debt we've talked about all kinds of stuff over the last couple of weeks there are very real implications there are very real realities to each one of our situations and we just simply don't have the time or the resources or even the like knowledge to be able to go into every like vault we all pulled out our Bank accounts right now, our statements, we could go for a very, very, very long time. So this is work that you and God and maybe some trusted others are going to need to start to do. But what we want to do is to make sure that none of us who are part of this church or none of our friends miss the opportunity to experience what God has already promised, that he will bless and provide. He will. That's why, honestly, we receive an offering around here. We have very real needs That's very real. We have some construction stuff going on right now. Very real, right? But that's secondary. Primary is you trusting God and saying thanks to God. And I want to be real honest with you. I think as a church, we have um, missed a little bit in um, setting aside how significant that is every week when we gather together. When we pass the blue buckets and all that kind of stuff, I think we haven't set it aside enough as a spiritual act of thanking God and trusting God. Now, many of you give online and you've got that all set up and that's, I would highly recommend that. That's what our family does. It makes a lot of sense. takes care of a lot of stuff, right? just settles things right out the gate. But like, the reason we pass the bucket is because it is a reminder to us to go, it comes from God. It all comes from God. And I want to say thanks, and I'm going to say thanks, and I'm going to trust. And in preparing for our time together, I read this passage, and I instantly thought of us, I thought of our church, I thought of what God has been doing to provide for our church in such amazing and miraculous ways. You guys, God has opened up the storehouses of heaven for this church. I can walk you through every corner. I can tell you about every bathroom that wasn't a bathroom before, and windows that were given to us by someone else, and TVs that were donated. Like God has blessed this church. But I was reading this this week, and I thought of you, and I thought of me, and I thought of what I long for our church's response to giving back to God should be and could be. And so I just want to read this to you over a prayer, and I'm going to invite the band to come back up right now. We're going to spend a few minutes reflecting, and in a little bit, we're going to receive our offering, and I'm going to give you a challenge, your homework for the week. We're gonna do that in a little bit. But right now I wanna read these words so if it helps you to kind of focus in, read them on the screen or do whatever you need to do, I want you to read these, or hear these words that David read and prayed over these people, these same forgetful people, just like you and me, these people of Israel who God blesses and we forget, God blesses and they forget. This is what David said to them and this is what our, hope, our prayer is for our church here at Soul City. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, so basically at church, David said these words. This is coming out of uh, 1 Chronicles 29, starting with verse 10. He said, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our Father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. Listen to this. For everything, everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom, and you are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things, and in your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now look what David says here in 1 Chronicles 29:13. So now, our God, we give you thanks. And we praise your glorious name. And this is what I think is so true of what God has done in my heart. And I pray and long this is true of you. Verse 14, but who am I? Like, who am I? And who are we? Who are we, God, that you should be able, that we should be able to give so generously as this? Because we know that everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. To the posture of when we give back to God, when we say thanks to God, when we trust God with our resources, is God, it's already yours. And who am I that I should first of all even receive it? And who am I, God, that I could even give it back to you? But that's what we want to be true of our lives, to experience that fullness and that blessing, that joy, not just from throwing a couple bucks at a person on the street, not from giving it at Christmas, but daily in our lives as we grow together as a church. And so I'm going to pray for us, for you. Uh, The band's going to lead us through a time of reflection. When I come back in a little bit, uh, I'm going to give you your homework, and we're going to receive the offering and my hope in prayers when we receive the offering is that we would humbly celebrate and thank God for his goodness. And if like you need to clap for it, you clap for it and you thank God for it because it's a reminder that it already comes from him. And this is our, who are we that we get to give back even? That you've given in the first place God to us. And so I'm gonna pray for us. The band's gonna lead us and I'm gonna come back and in a minute we're gonna receive the offering and got, we gotta have a fun little homework assignment. All right, let's pray. God, who are we? Who are we, God? And at first pass, God, all we see is our bills and our debt and our commitments and responsibilities and all that stuff is true and real and there. And yet even in the midst of that, God, you are calling us and inviting us to acknowledge you and to acknowledge that everything we have already comes from your hand. And so, God, we don't wanna be closed-handed, closed-fisted, God, we don't want to hold on, we want to say thanks to you and that is going to look absolutely different for every one of us but God, we know that when we do, when we trust you, when we say thank you to you, God, you promise that you will bless, take care of us, provide for us, meet our needs and amaze us with your goodness. God, I pray, I pray, I pray for our church, I pray for my friends that we would experience that goodness in our life, that we would experience your generosity in our lives and it would actually transform us so that we would begin to live that out with others as well. God, I pray that you would loosen up what we hold so tight to our hearts, to our chest, God, that we would trust you and watch you do what only you can do, God thank you for how good and generous you are. In your name, amen.